right, we are here with Turtle Talk. I'm Kale Salad. Uh, my player is Leonardo McTurtle. My other half that is normally with me is away on holidays for Christmas. He went somewhere a uh, hot destination with his in-laws. So, boo errands on him, and how dare you leave me hanging. No, I kid. He's a good guy. I'm glad he's got a trip down and... Got away out of this cold, because we got a cold snap going on, but I'm here to talk about uh, the ISFL. There's double media happening, so I figured it was uh, time to jump on and try and get another podcast going. So there's a few topics I'd like to talk about tonight, and uh, yeah, we'll see how this goes. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say congratulations to both uh, the Silverbacks and Norfolk for their for winning the championships in their respective leagues, the ISFL and DSFL. Um, I'll try and break down a little bit of that. Um, yeah, it was a interesting playoff format, that's for sure. Or, well, not format, but playoff outcomes. The outlaws who were, in my mind, probably, I thought were more heavily favored. Um, barely scraped out a win against Honolulu. They won 2020 to... Sorry, 27 to 20. Silverbacks uh, actually beat the Copperheads in OT to advance, which is crazy uh, that it was that tight of a game. But yeah, it was uh, probably one of the best games of the playoffs in my mind. Uh, it was exciting right to the very end. Like, how else, how else do you say that? Like, that's just nuts. Um, NFC was obviously Liberty beat the Yeti. Uh, by one score, and the Fire Salamanders beat the Sailfish, uh, which was probably the most lopsided score in the playoffs. But hey, yeah. congrats the Sailfish on getting to playoffs, and yeah. <coughs> um, second round featured the AFC Championship, which was the Silverbacks versus the Outlaws. And again, I think the Silverbacks kind of caught a few people off uh, by surprise here a bit and actually came out and their defense was pretty much lights out on the Outlaws and held the Outlaws to twenty or sorry 17 points and were able to come ahead and take away the AFC championship from them. Uh, in the NFC, uh, in probably one of the closest games of the playoffs, a score of 16-12, the Fire Salamanders were able to take out Liberty, the Liberty, which was just crazy. <laughs> like that's like that's just insane. Like I think it even came down to the last play of the game, if I remember correctly. But eh, who knows? It's late, and I could be completely out to lunch. Uh, but that set up the Fire Silverbacks Fire Salamanders finals, which. I don't think a lot of people had predicted, um, just looking at the TP tracker claim for the playoff predictions, it did not look like there was a ton of point TP given out, so I'm guessing I look at that and say, yeah, that was one that not a lot of people thought would happen. <laughs> uh, but in the finals, it was this final score of 27-24 to for the Silverbacks to claim their championship, the Ultimus Championship which is uh, congratulations to them. Also, their banner on the site is pretty amazing. I'm not sure who did that one up, but like that is top-notch. Uh, yeah, that's all, that's all I can say about that. So again, congratulations to uh, Silverbacks. And yeah, enjoy it. We get right back to work and see if you guys can repeat. Uh, then a little bit closer to home, uh, the, the DSFL playoffs, uh, was my Tijuana Luchadaros versus the Norfolk Seawolves. And we came up pretty short, unfortunately, a lot of bad game, a lot of bad bounces in the game. Um, uh, some interesting, interesting play calls, which seems to always be the case in, in this football sim, I find <laughs> it always seems that there's some sort of discussion around, uh, the... Uh, the play calls in certain times of game, and then as well on top of that, just the random penalty calls. I know this was the first game that I've really paid close attention to that it appeared that we got absolutely hosed by uh, penalties and a lot of very inopportune time penalties as well. Like, just 
yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> uh, regardless, though, um, actually, here you go. We were penalized eight times for 89 yards compared to the Sea Wolves two for 20. And that basically translates to undisciplined play. <laughs> uh, I know for a fact that a couple of those couple of those penalties actually aided drives that would have uh, stalled out on third and long or anything like that and then actually ended up happening to be uh, set up some scoring scoring plays for the Norfolk. So yeah, it's tough. It was a tough loss, but uh, congratulations to the Norfolk, who then went on to play uh, the top seed out of the North, which was the Pythons, who dispatched of Minnesota, who gave up a very valiant effort. So kudos to you guys. That was uh, quite the game and quite an entertaining game to watch as well. Um, I actually thought you guys might have had them there for a second until the last, last uh, Pythons touchdown kind of look, looked like it kind of put it out of reach on you guys. But yeah, so it's set up. Uh, top two teams in the league, uh, record-wise anyways, in the finals with the Sea Wolves and Pythons, which, it, if you're a betting man, makes total sense. <laughs> uh, top teams usually should and probably should will go to the finals. So, <clears throat> interesting. To, or it's, I guess, not really interesting, but no major upsets or no major things uh, came to play. Uh, so, Norfolk... Uh, sea Wolves took down the Pythons in the final by a score of 26-22. So congratulations on your Ultimai Championship. Oh, sorry. Ultimini. Ultimini Championship? I should get proper clarification on how I'm supposed to pronounce that. But, hey, feel free to write me and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, so again, congratulations to both Norfolk and the Silverbacks on your championships, and I'll move right along here. Um, so I know I said that uh, Crash or Cement Hands wasn't here. My turtle brother, uh, my turtle brother, Raphael, uh, did throw me some questions, though. Uh, I said I'm doing this on my own, so <laughs> he's got some things to help me, help me out. So his first question to me was, how do you feel about scouting? So if you haven't been living under a rock, you should know that uh, the all, the ISFL draft has actually already happened, but the live stream does not take place for another two days, December 28th. <clears throat> so interestingly, interestingly enough, I'm talking about my future when it's already been set, <clears throat> but I just don't seem to know, <laughs> which is a weird feeling. It still throws me off that we do offline drafts in this league. Uh, I understand that makes total sense for a lot of things logistically and to make things work, but yeah. Uh, uh, so his first question was, how does the scouting went overall? So I thought it was very interesting, the scouting. Um, obviously, there were some teams that reached out really early towards the end of the, end of the year, and I was like, oh, okay, like people are starting already. This is crazy. And then it almost felt like it was radio silence for a while, and uh kudos to teams that reached out early and got got a jump start on it because I felt like the last week leading up to the draft, the last four days, was when mm, sorry about that um, was when uh, ton, of, ton of scouts and GMs and stuff finally reached out and it was like, oh, okay, like we we're kind of doing this last minute, which kind of caught me off guard a little bit, but all, all in all, it was uh, overall a pretty positive experience in my mind I had, uh, had some really good conversations with different teams and obviously with a couple teams owning quite a few picks in the top uh, the top part of the draft it was uh, uh, it was interesting to see how they kind of approached it versus some other teams that were later down that kind of reached out just to say hey uh, kind of say hey we're this is who we are don't think we'll fall to you you'll we'll, you'll fall to us but uh if you do, we're taking you kind of thing. So that was kind of cool. Uh, very funny to actually kind of realize that how many people from other, uh, the SHL, the other sim site that I'm part of, actually are involved in scouting in uh, the ISFL. There seemed to be a lot of crossover and reaching out and talking to people that I was talking to <laughs> or talking to for scouting for the SHL. 
uh, just kind of had the roles uh, reversed, and it was kind of an interesting experience that way. But uh, general consensus was I thought all teams that uh, had reached out were actually very good. Um, I had really good conversations with almost all of them. A uh, couple, couple teams did feel like they had a little bit more of that cookie-cutter type answers or questions that they were looking for. And which is fine. I like, I totally understand, but uh uh think that's your approach, that's how that's how you want to go about it. That's that's absolutely fine. I can respect that. Um for myself personally, I kinda like the more um laid back uh, laid back approach where you kinda get to know someone and yeah, feel free to a- like ask those questions in in there. Uh well like while you're having a chat and kinda get to know the guy and yeah, I, I think that one of, that's one of the biggest things I took away, and uh, one of the other big things I think was um, just the fact that uh, the locker room invites from teams. Um, it still catches me off guard a little bit, and it's very different than what I was used to in the SHL. That teams will invite you to their locker room to kind of get to, get a feel for you, and I kind of feel bad because there was three teams that reached out and added me to their locker room, <laughs> and I did. I, in fairness, I did say. Uh, right off the bat that I wouldn't be very active but essentially just with the holidays and then on top of that uh, getting hit getting hit up with uh, uh, scouting for the SMJHL uh, was just nuts <laughs> it was actually kind of funny I was getting a little confused at times if I was if I was reaching out to someone or they were reaching out to me because I'd send a site a form message and say hey hit me up on discord so I'd get a random message on discord I'm like, okay, am I scouting them or are they scouting me? And yeah, it was <laughs> it was pretty obviously pretty quick, but uh, easy to put two and two together. But there was always that moment of self doubt that you're like, uh, is this right? But yeah, it uh, it was a good time. Uh, I had like I said, I had really good chats, uh, really good chats with uh, a lot of the team, a lot of the teams, and uh, I know some of those teams that. Uh, uh, had were picking higher, seemed to have kind of a more uh, a more lengthy conversation with, um, um especially with uh, OCO and uh, Chicago, and I think both those chats went really well. So it's uh, now it's just time to sit back and wait two more days to find out if I actually uh, go to one of those teams or not. <laughs> um. I know it's been kind of interesting for myself. Uh, I've been, it's, it's, it's a very different experience for me this time being on the ISFL, being knowing sim leagues versus uh, when I joined the SHL when I didn't. So the SHL I did basically the bare minimum the first year, and wasn't a very good earner and was basically lucky. I kind of felt lucky to be drafted. <laughs> um, now this now this go around being part of the ISFL. <laughs> I knew exactly what I was getting into, knew exactly what I needed to do, so I I basically been joined at the joined at the right time, loaded up on TP, been basically top of the class TP was. Um, currently not sitting there. A couple guys uh, grabbed some stuff that I didn't know that we could claim before uh, the last update went in, so I'm sitting third TP wise. But I feel like after uh, the next update, I should be back on top of the class. But um, yeah. Yeah, that's a little humble humble brag there. Yeah, feel free to hit me up and call me a narcissist for thinking that way. But um, sitting up a uh, high TP wise and sitting up kind of top of the class and it being a small class too, uh, it kind of makes me feel like I do have a chance to go at uh, one of the top two or top three picks. Um, I selfishly and narcissistically think that I might go first overall after having some after having a really good chat with OCO now granted again that's uh it's tough to say because I don't know what kind of chats they had with any other people and you never know with what a team's needs might actually be with uh different moves that could be made trades and stuff happening so it's 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 tough right you never actually know and you can you're never there's no such thing as a sure thing right so it's very interesting um very interesting to see that. And then the other major thing was I, I personally spoke to uh, almost all the scouts I spoke to. I had mentioned that I would like to continue to play with my turtle brother. Um, 
but obviously being a small um a small draft class uh yeah it uh it might be unlikely unless we both end up on a team like OCO or someone that has quite a few draft picks um but yeah it uh It'll be it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be a fun night. Regardless, I think it'll be a fun night. And uh, at the end of the day, I'd be happy to go really anywhere. Um, I know a lot of a lot. One of the questions I was asked quite frequently in the in the questions was, "How do you feel about this team? And uh, how would you feel about joining them?" And personally, I looked at it and said, "I'll tell the same to almost everyone. I'm looking for a good locker room. I will be pretty active, but not like it won't be my first choice for the locker room just because of." Other commitments being a co-GM elsewhere in the SHL. Um, but I am pretty active. I basically am almost around 24-7 just with uh, work and or with, uh, with my, sorry, having Discord on my phone and everything. So, yeah, it. Uh, I told everyone that I'm pretty much ready to uh, go anywhere and I have no mixed or hard, mixed feelings or hard emotions or anything about uh, any of them. I'd give anyone that drafted me a fair shot, even if I didn't end up there with my uh, turtle brother, but uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Like I, uh, like I said, I'm generally excited for it. And uh, uh, from going my last draft experience to basically thinking that I'm probably not even going to get drafted to this one, thinking that I could go first overall is a major <laughs> difference and a major shock so yeah it'll be uh it'll be fun and uh, i know it's funny because we keep getting hit up in the discord about hey it's uh draft days in two days hype and everything's for the in the dsfl chat in the isfl discord and if you're not in there you should definitely join there because there's a lot of great people in there and it's a lot of fun um but yeah it's uh it's a good time um uh, so the next topic I was going to, oh, sorry. There was one more question that I threw out there and it was the changes to the D line. So uh, there have been lots of changes happening um, just with the league with uh, um, positions and uh this is something that I absolutely love about the league as well, is the fact that they have a team literally dedicated to ensuring that there's good balance and to try and keep things balanced. So if they notice that something's being basically abused or something, that they will go in and actually change it. I think that is one of the coolest things that I have ever, ever heard. Like, that, like that's just awesome. And I think it's so good for the health of the league as well. Like, that's... Uh, that's just something that I, I, I can't say enough that I think this is so good for the league. So I am pulling this up because I can't remember the exact details, but I believe it was something along the lines of they were just changing the weight of the D-line players, which made a drastic impact. So bear with me one second as I pull this up. Defensive line adjustments. Here we go. Defensive end, the speed rusher increases the weight from 270 to 290. So that's me specifically as I built a speed rusher type. Um, I will also speak a little bit for my uh, <laughs> uh, defensive tackle buddy, uh, Raphael, who is a defensive tackle. And the, he will say, and it was the interior rusher increased from 300 to 315. All purpose was 315 to 330. Nose tackle was 330 to th uh, 345. <clears throat> um, so these stats and these percentages, like I can't imagine how much testing they had to do to get these. And like this is why I think that these guys deserve their weight in gold or whatever they're being paid is amazing. Because like when they start talking, they start breaking down and showing you the numbers. It blows my mind. So the increase of weight, like not 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 changing anything else other than the weight of the players. Defensive ends now have seen a thir around a thirty five percent increase in their average sack numbers, as well as increase of just under seven percent of their average tackles for loss numbers. That 
stat alone blows my mind. I can't believe that changing your weight by 30 pounds or 15, 20 pounds increases your effectiveness by 35%. Like, I, I'm just blown away by that. And, like, it makes me almost think that uh, O-line was maybe set too heavy or something to, at the start. Like, I I don't know how you else you'd kind of balance that. But the more staggering number and the one that blew me away was that the defensive t- defensive tackles have a 55% increase to their average sack numbers and a 47% increase to their tackles for loss number, which is huge because I was been making fun of Raphael that he's never going to catch up with me because I had a very good year um, on the defensive end of the ball there and he didn't seem to be as effective. And I think this alone, like this patch, obviously not happening next season, but the season, the next season after it, um, season 34, I think these adjustments actually take place, if I remember correctly, is huge. Like, I think that actually will help help people decide to create defensive end or defensive tackles. Like, it seems like right now it's an underserviced position. Not a lot of people are playing it because it's not a flashy position. It's, you get one or two stats. It's very similar to the O-line side of, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. All you get is pancakes, right? So... Um, it's it's one of those positions I think people kind of neglect and don't really care care for because it's not a super flashy one, right? But if changes like this can make them way more effective, like I can absolutely see a ton of ton of people recreating the D's and defensive tackles in the near future. Like, yeah, yeah. It just I think that is just good all around for the league. And again, there's tons of changes happening. Um, like they're changing up uh, the free safety and strong safeties. Um, they're changing up the um, offensive playbook complete overhaul. Like uh, again, I don't know enough about the back part of the sim to really uh, get too into detail about this. I've never actually seen what the sim even looks like, other than the video recording that we get to watch for the games, and it's. It's it's interesting. Like it, it just it's uh interesting to see like what kind of changes and to see like the like this group cares so much about the balancing and trying to make sure that people don't exploit and keep teams on their toes, which I think is just great. Now again, I could obviously see that maybe sometimes this uh this uh maybe messes up with some people because of the fact that hey I've built this way because this is the way that this is the meta. This is the way to build. This is the team to build. And then to have an overhaul or something happen that completely changes that meta. Like I, I can guess I can kind of see that upsetting some people, but overall, I think that people much rather see um, changes like this for the better and, and keeping things balanced. And yeah, I think that's, this is just a fantastic change that's happening. Um, yeah, uh, one other shout out I want to say just off the top of my head is that uh, congratulations to, or sorry, not congratulations, but uh, Merry Christmas to everyone, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year, as I assume that I won't be doing another broadcast before then, but a uh, big shout out to the guys in the PT department that uh, uh, did the AC check for two weeks and the free training for two weeks, I think that, or, well, to cover two weeks, sorry. Uh, I think that was just an absolute awesome thing to kind of give everyone uh, the holidays break. And I know at this time of year, everyone's traveling. Oh, sorry. Everyone's got so much going on with the holidays that uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that everyone welcomes that uh, welcomes that little break that they can get have here and not need to stress about trying to get updates in on time or something along those lines or budgets or payouts or something like that just by the fact that uh, uh, they kind of get a week break. And I think that in itself is a really cool thing that you guys did as well. And I wanted to say kudos to HO, I guess, for choosing to do that. I don't know whose decision it actually was. But, yeah, I just want to say kudos to you guys because that's, that's pretty awesome. Oh, yes. So... On to the main event. Um, 
I was actually hoping to bring in a, one or two of my uh, GMs from Tijuana to help uh, break break this down, but uh, just with the timing and time zones, uh, didn't really work out, and I kind of did throw this together a little bit last minute. Um, but yeah, it also is a Sunday, and I forget that people actually have to go back to work tomorrow, where I was taking the week off to go visit family. So yeah, it uh, didn't just didn't work out. So I'm gonna try and break this down best I can. Um, yeah, so we have the upcoming ISFL draft, and I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on Tijuana just because it is what I really know and have focused on uh, most of the season. So we have a a total of uh, six draft picks, uh, six guys eligible for this draft, and kind of kind of varying actually, um, just with who is all here and what positions and. Different things. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see kind of what happens. Um, uh, where they all end up is, I guess, is the other big question, right? Because I've gotten to know all these guys a little bit in the locker room, and I, I think that they've all been earning very well since they've joined. And yeah, it's just been super exciting, and it'll be interesting to see where they all end up here in uh, a couple of days. But uh, so the first one, for of course, is myself, uh, Kale Salad, which is Leonardo McTurtle. Uh, currently sitting at, according to my update page, 356 TPE. Um, uh, projected to go in the top three-ish. I, I think there obviously is a chance that you could slide. Uh, sorry, I could slide. And uh, something, something like that could happen and drop down. Because, again, it's draft day and you never really actually know what uh, what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, so just going to break down a little bit of my stuff. Um, so if you look at this past season, oh, geez, sorry, fighting the website. Um, this last season I played in 14 games. I started 14 games. I had a total of 29 tackles, four tackles for a loss, two missed tackles, uh, three forced fumbles, and four fumble recoveries. I had 11 sacks. And that 11 sacks actually allowed me to lead the DSFL in sacks, which is pretty crazy to think about. I did not believe that a rookie would be able to do that. Um, that actually ended up putting me in the running for a couple awards as well and I am very very <laughs> uh, excited that I was able to be <laughs> nominated for some awards because I've that's something that I never really thought would happen um, I thought maybe I would be able to get a nomination for something like a defensive end of the year or something or a team award or something along those lines, but uh, I was actually nominated for a few. I was nominated for, um, sorry, the Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive End of the Year, and Defensive Rookie of the Year. And I don't think I realistically have a shot at winning any of those except maybe the Defensive End of the Year, but that was, it was just really exciting day to open up my computer and see that I had uh, been nominated for so much and like that was uh, I think that's a huge feather in the cap to uh, Tijuana in, in general to actually bowl and Coatasa co uh, just the fact that they were able to uh, put together such a uh, stagnant D in Tijuana and I think our D actually almost led most categories in the league <laughs> which is pretty crazy if you think about it as well. So there must be something in Tijuana because I know last year with uh, Fanto as well being a defensive end, he absolutely killed it and had 15 sacks or some ridiculous number, which is just insane. So if you're a defensive end, 
you want to go to Tijuana because they have something in the water that just seems to work. Um, yeah, I, again, uh, yeah, I guess that's enough about me. I'll move on to my turtle brother, who is the second player eligible in this draft, uh, which is Raphael McTurtle. He is currently sitting at 235 TT. 235 TPE as a defensive tackle. He is one of the very few defensive tackles in the league, uh, or actually on the site even, not only in the DSFL, but uh, the ISFL as well. Um, so he actually was able to start all 14 games. Uh, he totaled 31 tackles. He had five tackles for loss, two missed tackles, uh, he only ended up with one sack, but uh, I'm, I'm, I was a little surprised by that. But again, looking at those numbers, I think that this is where that balance really will come into a play. Um, he obviously he seems like he's a little underutilized, but like those numbers don't jump off a page at you at all. But it, it those are some pretty key points. Like 31 tackles is a huge thing, especially when you realize a lot of those are right on the line and maybe holds a guy to a one or two yard gain versus something, something where they are able to break, break loose. Right. So, um, yeah, big shout out to him. I think that he will also be a fellow first round pick. Um, I think just where he's at TP wise and in the position that he is, he's significantly better than a lot of bots would potentially be. I think the biggest question mark there is how much, uh, Teams really bought into wanting to us play together one another. If they're going to take us both the same team, or if uh, someone's going to jump on him early just because he is such a great dude and would be a great locker room presence. And I know, uh, like I said before, it doesn't matter if we end up on the same team or not. Either of us will definitely keep earning, keep playing. We're not going to demand a trade or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. I think he definitely goes in the first round personally. Um, Again, showing some bias there because why not? And again, feel free to reply to this reply to this message or reply to this podcast and hit me up and tell me why I'm wrong. I'd love I love to start some banter. I'm okay with it. Um, but yeah, it actually will move on to our I believe late create uh, wombat uh, made Davy down bad that he was a kicker for us. And this is one that I know. Um, he came in late, but absolutely killed it. <laughs> like, he was absolutely insane for us. Um, he made... Okay, here we go. He made... Eight, he only started in eight games. Uh, sorry, uh, played in eight games. He had... Extra, he was 38 for 38 in extra point attempts, and we, he was 8 for 9 in our field goals. Um, so that was good enough for 88.9%, which, and his longest kick was actually 46 yards as well. Um, and the only one that he did miss was between the 30 and 39 yarder. But uh, again, to be 38 for 38 on your extra point attempts is absolutely insane. And I think he kind of gets overlooked a little bit here just because when he did join uh the site or like sorry not the site but the Tijuana really started offense super started clicking and honestly if we got into the red zone it seemed like we scored uh like he only had a kick in eight games he only kicked eight field goals (laughs) but our offense was literally lights out and just in it our offense was lights out and it shows 38 extra point attempts in eight games. Like that's insane. And again, didn't miss a single one like that. That in itself is, is incredible. And yeah, he, uh, he did, he was something, he was a great ad. Like he was just a great ad for the team and Wombat's pretty awesome in the locker room as well. Uh, real cool dude. Uh, got to know him a little bit towards the end of the season when he joined back up, he kind of got a little bit more active again with us. And yeah, it just, uh, it's cool. It was cool to see him. Uh, I think uh, again, I I don't know where teams value value kickers. I, I generally don't know, and I probably should have done more research again before I started this. But it is what it is. So here we go. Um, 
But yeah, again, kicker, lights out. Awesome guy. Uh, definitely, definitely up there, I think, and decent, good pick. You know, anyone that takes him will be, will be happy. Um, next to my list is I got Napalm, who is a, ta- who has player is Talon Ferens, who is a safety. Uh, he's currently sitting at 158 TPE. Um, another guy that did, uh, what happened here? There we go. Uh, another guy that had a very good, uh, season once he joins us. Um, sorry, I'm fighting with my computer once again to pull this up. Uh, another guy joined fighting locker room presence, uh, Let's see here. Sorry. He was here the whole season. Sorry. Um, he did start all 14 games for us. Uh, getting him mixed up for some reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, but yes, he is a free safety. He had 14 games started. He actually had 50 tackles. Somehow, as a safety, must be those safety blitzes, he did have a tackle for a loss and five sacks. Which is pretty incredible if you think about it. Uh, I love the, I love safety blitzes; those are awesome. Um, also, he had he only had three missed tackles, which is pretty good considering the fact that he did have fifty tackles. Uh, he did have two forced fumbles. Uh, he had five sacks, like I mentioned, and he had two interceptions and four pass pass deflections. Uh, another guy, uh, really fun to be in the locker room with. Um, really enjoyed. Really enjoyed having him around and uh, getting to know him as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think that's right. I think I got his TP at 158, but I don't think that's right. But regardless, um, another guy that uh, would be fun to add to any locker room. Um, uh, another great pickup to any team that grabs him. I'm not sure again, who's in the market for free safety, but if I could keep playing with him, I would be a okay with that. Um, next we got another big boy. We got, uh, Moose cop who is Diniksha Mangoldson. So old lineman with 216 TPE. He had 14 games played. Uh, he had 52 pancakes. And I don't know what the league stat is for those. He only had one stack allowed, which, again, is pretty badass. Uh, but, yeah, he uh, is pretty awesome. Like, <laughs> just pretty awesome. Um, so, sorry, I'm just looking it up here, and it looks like 50, 68 pancakes led the league. Um, <clears throat> it looks like uh, my boy, Man Goldson, Came in at about seventh here in the league for pancakes with fifty two, and only allowed one sack, which, again, is pretty baller. He is he's pretty quiet in the locker room. I know he didn't uh, talk a whole bunch, but when he did and did chat and hang out with us, he was uh, a lot of fun too. He is uh, he, he's definitely a, a guy that I think I could see someone grabbing a little bit early. Um, he is sitting at about two hundred sixteen TP already. Um, but yeah, I, I know O line is a major need. I think it just in general, the big boys, D line or O line, uh, as a need for a lot of teams in the ISFL. And I could absolutely see someone grabbing him early as it is again, not a great deep draft. Um, sorry, it is a great draft, but it is not deep. I should, I should clarify my words there because I think of the users that are eligible in this draft, it is very good top end talent and i think uh i was looking just the other day we we're talking in the league it looked like there was already uh seven players that had capped and there was another i think six or seven that were probably gonna cap uh or probably have capped since the last uh since the last update actually went in i know lane frost was in there saying that he had just hit his cap but it hadn't been updated yet so I, be, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't at least another six or seven more, which 
I think it just shows, like, again, that this draft class, despite it's not being very deep, uh, does have a lot of very... Uh, a lot of very good players in it, and I think that translates to uh, some pretty good, some pretty good draft choices. And again, that's why I circle back and say that uh, it'll be very interesting to see um, kind of what what happens on draft day or what actually has already happened that we don't, uh, don't that I currently don't know because I'm not in the in our workings, and no one will tell me because there's something called tampering. Um, but yeah, so that actually circles us back to, there's one more, one more draft pick, um, that we have coming out of T1 of the season, and that is Mason Jones. <coughs> so Mason Jones is, uh, Mesu is his user. Um, he created actually at a, uh, linebacker position. Uh, for this season for us, for all four, in 14 games, he had 101 tackles, nine tackles for a loss, uh, three, three forced fumbles, four sacks, one interception, 10 pass deflections. Just honestly, kind of all around, uh, all around has been, uh, very good for us. Uh, he was a big, big key in our defense with the 101 tackles. Um, yeah, there's no, uh. There's no if hands or buts that he that <laughs> he really played a, a pivotal role in our defense. Sorry, I just need a second here. Uh sorry about that. Um just need a second there to catch, get a drink. Uh. Sorry. Um, yeah, so that is pretty much a rundown. Sorry, Jones. I did not talk to you justice there. Your 101 tackles was absolutely ludicrous that is that is uh pretty insane um <laughs> uh pretty insane and i was just trying to pull up here if you search by tackles that 101 puts you at uh what is that eighth spot in the league at 101 and believe it or not uh are your fellow Tijuana linebacker <laughs> is the is one of the few guys ahead of you which is uh Bolanos but again between those two guys those linebackers I think that again shows uh just how pivotal those linebacker positions are um and yeah, like they they can make or break your defense, and I think both those guys alone, Jones and Bolanos, were key roles in our uh, Tijuana team's success this season uh, on defense. And again, I know we did come up short, and in come playoff time, we took some uh, bad penalties at bad times, and that kind of cost us. But I still see this season as a really good success success story because uh, after our first game, we. <laughs> We did not look good. Uh, after the first part of the season, we did not look good. And then suddenly, we just kind of seemed to like... Everything started clicking. Uh, all our rookies started earning. And all that TP went in. And it made a massive difference very quickly. Uh, uh, yeah, I just can't can't say enough about how great the Tijuana organization actually was. It, uh, just... I know, like joining there, um, I got I got the privilege of joining there last year as a as a DFA. DFA. Um, I created right after the draft, or sorry, right after the trade deadline, and I got a couple games in, but didn't get to do didn't really do much, which is fine because you're 150 TB defensive line playing against whatever O lines, and even as a bot, you have more TP than that, and. Yeah, it didn't make a major impact or anything, but 
and just kept grinding away. And I think that's kind of what the moral of the whole team did was uh, kind of just grind away and keep keep finding a way, keep earning that TPE. And uh, again, I think that goes back to circles back to the GMs and how uh, how great the locker room is. Personally, um, really enjoyed the locker room there, and I think that that in itself uh, created a lot of fun atmosphere. And that that is one of the reasons why. Uh, we kept people active and keep kept them interested and kept them earning in order to uh, kind of help the team grow there. Uh, yeah, again, I, I'll, I'll say nice things about them, even though they stood me up tonight <laughs> and didn't want to show up. But again, I completely understand there's more there's more to life than sim football. And in real life stuff definitely comes first, especially when work and everything is happening early in the morning and everything. So, uh, yeah, that covers most of what I wanted to talk about but there's still some extra time and I wanted to talk about the awards more I just need to find where on my computer that was um, so this is something that I think coming over from the SHL really kind of caught me off guard and it, it's a lot easier to do here obviously because there's so many different positions but the fact that uh, there is so many awards, and I think that is super awesome. Um, I, I I love that they actually basically created one for each position. Um, obviously, there's MVP, Offensive, Defensive Player of the Year, kind of Rookie of the Year is kind of what I thought and expected there to be for awards. I didn't realize they actually broke it down to defensive rookie of the year, quarterback of the year, running back of the year, wide receiver, tight end, the list goes on and on and on. Um, there was a couple guys that jumped out at me that I wanted to just kind of take mention. And first off and foremost, uh, again, being a being a homeboy here for Tijuana, but uh, swanky pants. Uh, live, laugh, love. Yeah, our quarterback... Uh, he was nominated for MVP, Quarterback of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, and Performance of the Performance of the Year for his Week Ten performance. And I gotta say that he absolutely crushed it. And I know, again, start of the year, and at the end of the at the end of the day, yes, we lost out. I get it, whatever. But it doesn't take away from the fact of what this guy was able to do during the regular season, and his stats are absolutely ludicrous i gotta gotta give me a second here to pull this up because he was 296 for of 468 for a 63.2 completion percentage <clears throat> that translated to 3788 yards in the air 29 touchdowns to 12 interceptions uh is a great ratio to have and he ended up with a 99.4 QB rating. That is crazy. He was unbelievable for us. And just to compare that to some of the other guys, I'm going to jump down and look at quarterback of the year, just to compare that to some of the other guys. <clears throat> um, his 99.4 quarterback rating was the best in the league. Uh, the next closest person was a 93.4, and the other two, other uh, 93.1, 88.5, and 86.8 rating, which are all very good. But like that 99.4 quarterback rating, that is insane. Like that is that's just incredible. Uh, he, uh, the only guy that actually threw more touchdowns than him was Malcolm Savage from uh, uh, from Nor from Norfolk. And he threw one more touchdown, but also threw four more interceptions. So I would take one less touchdown and four less turnovers any day of the week. Personally, I think this guy needs absolutely deserves to win both quarterback and most valuable player. But again, I understand that I'm being a homeboy. And again, feel free to write back and tell me why I'm wrong and who you pick. Um... Yeah, I, I just I had to take a second to nominate him, but again, like this list is absolutely insane. So I look at I look at this and we have so many awards on this board for Tijuana. Um 
we have got we have guys getting nominated for the performance of the week. We got our performance for performance of the year for his week one performance, which is T Bone. Uh, Wombutt got player uh, punter of the year and kicker of the year. Actually, I never even talked about uh, Wombat's uh, punting stats, which I'm going to go find for us because once again, uh, yeah. Uh, he had 24 punts this year for a total of 1,072 yards. He had 40, he averaged 44.7 per punt. Yeah, sorry. Uh, he had coffin cornered inside the 20 six times, and his longest punt was 60 yards, which is pretty legit. And again, being a late create through the season. That's that's uh that's pretty awesome. And again, it's Wombat. Awesome dude. <laughs> um Yeah, I just this list is just crazy to me how many Tijuana players got on here. But again, we had a very good year and I think every single person that's made this list absolutely deserves to be on there. Uh it's just it's fun to see. And again I gotta shout out to uh my boy uh Raphael McTurtle. Uh He's nominated for Defensive Tackle of the Year. <laughs> yeah, I gotta take a shot at you. <clears throat> gotta take a shot at you. Because if, if we didn't have brother rivalry, uh, what would we really have? And also, you're not here to defend yourself. So f- you can just go ahead and slide right into my DMs and tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. For those that don't know, we actually are very close, uh, very close buddies in real life, and uh, yeah, we talk almost every day, so I'm sure he will be one of the first people to listen to this, and I will be getting messages right away from him, <clears throat> but yeah, um, I pretty much got everything I, I want to talk about, I will circle back here and talk about uh, the draft a little bit more, I guess, Um haven't quite filled that hour time gap. Again, I uh, was kind of hoping to grab uh, uh, one of my GMs join me tonight, but uh, alas, it didn't work out. Uh, so I I do get a good kick. Uh, I'm a little disappointed, but I understand it's time of year. But I thought we might get more media around uh, mock drafts. And again, there's still a couple of days, so maybe there are going to be some people that uh, jump up here in the last second, but. Uh, wanted to, where is this one? Uh, this is it. Um, this one came from Faded. Uh, who, his media was S33 ISFL mock draft, uh, otters rebuilding and others filling holes. I really like this article. Um, though I don't necessarily agree with some, some of the picks and where they're at, uh, just from my own bias, obviously. Uh, I, do you think it, uh, it, it it makes a lot of sense? And he, he, he goes into great detail talking about what different teams' needs are, and that's why he believes that they'll pick this way or um, or vice versa, right? And I, again, this is someone that wouldn't have uh, the inside knowledge of what the scouts had talked about or what they think, or I assume he doesn't know what their draft board looks like. Um but yeah, it uh, overall, uh, I think uh, he made some great ideas here. Uh, I'll actually run through it here real quick because I found searching on the actual mock draft PT and looking at the uh, uh, current uh, current results kind of comical actually. It to to me, it honestly looks like someone made a bit of a troll post to start, and then everyone basically copy and copy and pasted it. And I hope most of them go back and change it, or maybe they know something that I completely don't know, and I'm the one that's out to lunch. Um, but yeah, there was uh, some draft picks there that I didn't think could happen or would happen, but uh, you never know. Um, yeah, but uh, for those who haven't, make sure you get your mock draft in. It is due right before the uh, draft goes live, so uh, don't miss out on TPE. That is a uh, cardinal rule. <laughs> you got to earn. Um, but yeah, I was going to break down Faded's here. So he actually had uh, 
The Otters taking Con Cushon, a uh, linebacker from Bondi. Bondi Beach Buccaneers. Um, yeah, uh, he points out some great things about the Otters, uh, saying that they don't have a send-down linebacker and they're a hardcore rebuild. So grabbing a grabbing a top TP earner, he's been one of the top in the class since the start. Um, and he does play the linebacker position. I think something like that is a great reasoning to use him as a your number one choice and a number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, no arguments there. Um, it does have number two pick, uh, number two pick for the Chicago Butchers as myself, Leonardo McTurtle. Um, <clears throat> uh, it does does mention that I'd be able to stay down a couple seasons or two, but yeah. Uh, third pick, the Stig. And I gotta say, uh, Stig, I absolutely love that player vector. <laughs> I never really thought about it, and then when I saw it, uh, that is just awesome, <laughs> like just all around awesome. I love it, and you killed it this year, man. Uh, you're killing it TPE wise as well, and yeah, yeah. I just I can absolutely see you going there, and I think uh, Yellowknife would be a perfect fit for you. Uh, knowing that uh, Yellowknife does need a running back and you were killing it TPE-wise. And yeah, it just absolutely makes sense that you would uh, be grabbed by, uh, picked up by T1, uh, by uh, Yellowknife there and uh, uh, be a great fit. I think you'd, make, you'd go up there and wreak some havoc. I, that's just awesome. Uh, going back, pick number four, the Orange County Otters. Darren Arnold, linebacker. Well, again, loading up on linebackers is never a bad idea. <laughs> uh, Arnold absolutely killed it this year as well. He uh, was actually one of the main reasons I think Minnesota was able to uh, squeak into the playoffs. Uh, he absolutely destroyed the defensive end for them, and I think he was actually one of the main reasons why they actually almost pulled off the upset uh, in the first round of the playoffs was his performance alone. Uh, guy absolutely killed it. Uh Gonna jump back and forth here a little bit more, but essentially, uh, a lot of Tijuana, a lot of Norfolk, a lot of Bondi, and a lot of uh, Minnesota. Looking like it's going in the first first round here, and obviously, I think that translates just to the fact that in the DSFL draft, they had more draft capital. We're looking to fill more holes this season. They weren't uh, weren't so caught up in a rebuild or something like some other teams were. Uh, or sorry, they were more in a rebuild than other teams were, where they had pretty well been set and with send downs and everything. Um, one of my biggest things that I picked up learning from uh, just talking to scouts and talking to just general conversations and around the draft and stuff was, I again coming from the SHL, I was so used to seeing that uh, need to stay down for two three seasons TPE wise just in order to. Uh, uh, make sure that you actually could compete. But with almost, I think, 15 people capped already, I am wouldn't be surprised or to, wouldn't be surprised to see most of these, a lot of these guys get called up right away. Um, I know uh, I know for myself as I thought that I would stay down one more season at least just to see if I could have one more crack at it with uh, Tijuana but was also open to the fact that potentially it could go up and make an impact right away. Um, I know uh, it was, again, super interesting to me to see the amount of call-ups and uh, call-ups and instant starts kind of thing. Um, that's something, again, in the ISFL, I think that is very unique to them, but also really good for them. Uh, I think it's a great idea, the fact that, hey, you're at this point in the season year's not going great for your DSFL team or something maybe or maybe they're doing really well they don't and they don't really need you or something anymore sorry excuse me um, you'd have the ability and say your team needs you to, or wants you to come up because you now have earned so much GP that you surpass the person that you're going to replace I think that in itself is pretty cool you don't I don't think I've ever really seen that in the SHL other than a need for kind of an emergency goalie to get backup games in so just seeing something like that, I think it uh, is good for the 
I'm really sorry about that. I apparently don't know how to use my recording app properly, and it uh, cut me out there right at 60 minutes. So I am going to keep talking for a little bit because I definitely know that I did not fully fill that uh, 60 minutes properly, and I don't want to get miss out on the new media rules. Um, again, uh, awesome that you guys were able to really happy you guys were able to change up the podcast rules a little bit because that's something that uh, me and Ralph or her crash are looking to do uh, kind of on and off throughout the career and uh, you made it a lot, lot more feasible for us um, so that's really cool and I, I, I love it I really like that change I'm not gonna lie uh, again selfish because I'm making podcasts so whatever but uh, maybe more people will do podcasts this way um, yeah it's uh, a lot of fun yeah, just in general, I want to say that it actually is a lot of fun finding the podcast on the website, and and it's fun to actually hear people's voices and actually hear their insight, their insight into the league. Um, it's one thing to just uh, go onto a media and anyone can pan a, behind a keyboard can edit and alter media enough or throw out a thousand words pretty quick uh, to get the story out or something along those lines. But something there's something about podcasts that I just uh, prefer to listen to. Um, Maybe it's just because I'm not a big uh, uh, music guy in general that I don't listen to a ton of music because usually when there is music on, it's kids' music because that's the life of a dad. Um, but uh, when I'm on my own, I almost don't listen to music. I'd just rather listen to podcasts. And I know listening to, to the podcasts of different guys from the SHL and uh, different ones from the ISFL is pretty much how I fill my day now. Uh, so big big shout out to all you guys that do podcasts and uh, keep it up, keep up the great work. Um, I will keep listening. Um, yeah. Uh, I completely forget where I was before I got cut off. I think I was talking about the changes of being able to be called up right away to the ISFL. And I thought that was a very unique thing, and I think it's very interesting. And I think it's actually more realistic. Um, I think it's the fact that uh, football, like in football, the guy goes down with injury or something in real life, you could get a guy come up there, be a rookie rookie starter right away. I think that's pretty cool uh, that stuff like that can happen. That, that, that can happen. And I think the site actually does a really good job of kind of compensating for something like that actually happening because of the fact that you look at it and you go, Oh man, like uh, this guy's now whatever more TP than our current guy. So you have a bot O line that's 300 TP or something. I don't know, just throwing a number out. And uh, you drafted an O line who is sitting at 260 at the draft, and then come for, come season or whatever, uh, maybe misses something or hasn't been around or goes or is away for a couple of weeks, and then suddenly comes back, makes his claims, and is suddenly 350 400 tpe well are you gonna sit out on two 200 tpe difference like i know it's, it theoretically is not supposed to be that big a difference but when you start earning like that you can absolutely see a difference in the quality of players like i know for myself that what i was able to do in the late latter, latter half of the season compared to the first half of the season just with uh becoming capped uh, tpe wise and everything too it just seemed like my player was a lot more effective so TP does does do something at the end of the day, and uh, there's a reason why that's what we use to earn, earn and spend. So, uh, I think that's uh, very cool. I think it'd be very interesting to see kind of what happens next season, and I think a lot was going to depend on what players want to do and if they want to go up right away. And I, I actually think that that might end up actually being a draft thing as well, right? So, if you're looking to draft, say, a running back or something. Stig, I'm going to pick on you because you're the first name that came out. Um, you're looking to draft a running back, and you're like, okay, we drafted a running back. Well, you're, usually your running backs are quite high earning or have quite a bit of TPE, so maybe you don't get called up right away. Well, say you get drafted somewhere like Yellowknife that is low earning or you surpass them pretty quickly here or you're about to pass them. How do they not call you up? Like You'll be more effective than what they currently have, and uh currently have and 
you start your career earlier. I think that actually kind of is a kind of cool thing. Like I, as much as I say that I'd love to stay down another season in Tijuana just because I really having a good time there and I'd like to actually try and win a championship with them. Uh, I'm also open to the idea of going up right away. Like that's another season that you get to play in the pros essentially, essentially, right? Like uh, wherever in real life have you ever gone and said, Hey dude, I, uh, I'm going to turn down that uh, $10 million contract you're offering me because uh, I want to stay down with my junior team and, uh, try ride it out to see if I can win another, uh, win a championship with them before I come up. Like, that's just crazy. Like if anyone said that in real life, you'd be like, that's ludicrous. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny that uh, you look at it as a sim site and it's like, oh, do you want to stay down? Yeah, I'd love to stay down. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's a sim site and it's fake fake football money and everything, right? But uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's curious. And uh, I could totally, could totally see some people wanting to go up right away. I could totally see uh, some call-ups happening right away. And then again, like I could totally see uh, some guys that are kind of like that middle spot earning-wise or something right now suddenly suddenly go yeah i'm uh or team in need go we drafted you we need you up do you have enough tv now copy come so i think that is a very cool part of the league i think it's a really cool addition it kind of gives some more reality to it uh i do know that that probably causes uh, quite a bit of stir in dsfl management um i couldn't imagine trying to essentially balanced losing one of your top earning tp players like could you imagine a quarterback or something that you've built your whole team around <laughs> suddenly being called up mid-season I, I i'm sure it's happened but just stuff like that i think is uh uh really cool aspect and again one of the major things that i really enjoy about the site to kind of kind of keeps you on your toes uh but yeah anyways i've been t- uh, you've listened to me ramble for a little over an hour now uh, I'll get this edited together and probably get it dropped here shortly. But uh, yeah, again, um, just wanted to say I'm uh, having a great time on the site. Uh, thank you, all you guys, for listening to me this long. If uh, you chose to, or if you're the greater, thank you for putting up with me uh, ramble for this long. Um, hopefully, uh, this all will qualify for the double media prompt and. We'll go from there. Uh, next time, you, I will make sure that I don't do this on my own because uh, I think you guys probably are sick of hearing about me uh, ramble on about myself. Uh, and uh, Tijuana, I will always try to have someone along with uh, for the ride with me, whether it be my turtle brother or we finally actually do get our turtle friends out there, Franklin or Pasta the Turtle, on for a proper uh, a proper turtle talk. Uh, round table um, we still need to get that figured out we will in the new year we will get that we will make that happen for the league uh, for all you that want to want to uh, listen to us all, all the turtles speak um, yeah other than that uh, hope everyone had a happy holidays and uh, draft hype let's go <laughs> have a good one